Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift. We've got the Paris-Nice Tirreno Adriatico doubleheader, two of the most prestigious stage races on the calendar, and they've got them on simultaneously, which means double trouble for you. We have, if you're watching on YouTube, it's a separate podcast episode all in one on podcast players, but we'll do Paris-Nice first. We had what could have been the crosswind stage, but unfortunately... There was more talk of crosswinds than really any action. It's a flat stage. There were two Cat 3s that were like 1K at 4%. And then 164Ks finishing in Fontainebleau, south of Paris. This really fast descent with like 7Ks, 6Ks to go after an intermediate sprint with 15Ks to go. Six seconds on offer again. What do you think about the six seconds, Benji? Like, I'm thinking... It worked yesterday, right? Did we not have a more exciting stage with Pog hyper-incentivized to go for that IS? For certain, but I think it only works in the grand scheme of this Paris-Nice, because in this Paris-Nice, we've got a, a gigantic team time trial that will benefit Jumbo Visma and Jonas Vingegaard. So as an opposite thing to balance that out, Pogacar has his benefit with these bonus seconds that are quite large at the intermediate sprint. So it's kind of like it's perfectly balanced out between the two, where it will end up being a really close race for GC because of the two. So I think there are some people that might say, oh, these, these bonus seconds don't need to be that high. But then again, the team time trial doesn't need to be 32 kilometers either because that also benefits someone. So yeah. when it comes to the Tour de France, I don't think I would like seeing six seconds every single time. But I also think the breakaway would take it a lot more than they do in Paris. Does that make any sense? Yeah, you're more likely in a Tour de France stage to see more than one rider going into the breakaway. And, you know, the counterpoint is what if Vingegaard wasn't here and there was an individual time trial? You'll have yep. Pogaccio up on 12 seconds with an ITT ahead of, let's say, Enric Mas or someone. Race over, it'd be so boring. So <laughs> it, it really only works and is good because Pog can build a buffer now before this team time trial. But today could be in a crosswind stage. There's a roundabout with like 500 meters to go to split the group up. That would cause havoc in the final. It was super nervous all day going through towns. People worried about crosswinds. It, the wind just wasn't strong enough, unfortunately. We had a breakaway with, um, what's his name? Gregard? Vingegaard? Yeah. <laughs> no relation. There's no relation between Vingegaard and Gregard, I'm afraid. <laughs> they're not even, are they from the same? They're, they're from the same country, you're right. They're both Danish. Yeah, I know, anyway, Scandinavians. You know, ex-dude in the break, break would eventually get caught because there's also nervousness in the peloton because the wind wasn't extreme, like 20k per hour roughly, but there's sections where it's actually pure cross tailwind, which is like the, the one you want for echelons. And we've heard riders in the past already say, I think it was Thomas de Gent that said it, that you don't necessarily need the high wind to create echelons in Paris. So just the nervousness and so forth can create that. Now... I don't believe that anyone cares about what happened until the last 15 kilometers in this race. So let's just skip towards the last there 15 was one kilometers. Split. There was yeah, there one. Was for two seconds. <laughs> no one tried. I was surprised yeah. Quickstep didn't try, actually. Because um, they were good in UAE in crosswinds. Yumbo Visma didn't really try. Ineos didn't try. Because, you know, their lead is Martinez. It's not Grant Thomas. They do have Tarling here, the beast. But... Yeah, no one really tried either, so it was just a block. The teams that impressed me today were UAE, yeah. uh, Movistar with Erviti, kept Jorgensen in good position. EF impressed me. 
Haller and Pollitt were strong for Bora Hansgrower. I would say Ineos... Ineos really didn't try to fight for position at all, Benji, except, yeah, like, in the, I'm talking in the control phase of the race. Yeah. It was Bora, UAE, FDJ, Movistar, Yumbo. True. I didn't see Ineos really go to the front and make sure that their riders were in a safe position, but it didn't really come back to bite them in this specific stage. So in other stage, it might actually... Help with the TTT. Pressure. That's true. That's very true. Definitely fresher there. But on the other hand, it's risk versus reward, eh? If something happens today, then they're going to be like, ah, oh, we shouldn't have done that. While yeah. now they're like, oh, we didn't have trouble, so maybe that's better for the TTT. So <laughs> there's a bit of like a risk-reward hindsight there. That being said, we were going towards the intermediate sprint, eh? That's where action was going to happen UAE was a team that came forward towards an intermediate sprint. They clearly want to get something outside of these, uh, out of these intermediate sprints. We said it before. The intermediate sprints are very valuable for Pogacar to gain many seconds to counterbalance the advantage that Avingago has in the team time trial that's coming up. So I would say that um, he was likely going to take it. But then Van Hooydonk was there. No Vingago sprinting. So Van Hooydonk sprinting instead. And Match is also there. And like... Was a bit of a weird dynamic, no? Because why is Matthew only... going for it? Well, before we go to the Matthew side of things, why is Vingegaard not going for it? Because yeah. if only three riders are sprinting, if on Hoidong doesn't sprint, Vingegaard can take two, two seconds. He didn't jump out. He kind of stayed behind. UAE cut them off, and UAE got surprised them with doing a lead out with Wellens, really hard lead out with one and a half, one point two k's to go to the intermediate sprint. And yeah, it was Yumbo's plan was for Van Hooydonk to take away bonus seconds from Pog. Yeah, and the problem was... That's never going to happen, though. What? How is Van Hooydonk going to take bonus seconds away from Pogacar in a 1v1 sprint? Didn't you see him in Kerner? <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> if Pogacar's in the sprint in Kerner, Pogacar wins that sprint. Maybe. Van Hooydonk did a lot of work. This is fresher. Yeah, Pog's fresh sprint is good, but yeah. That was the plan for Van Hooydonk to take bonus sprints from, uh, from Pog. And with three riders sprinting, he actually, yeah, if you're honest, had jumped out. He could have freewheeled to two free seconds. Um, <laughs> but maybe Ineos didn't go for it. Matthew's there, though. I mean, and that's the thing. It could have just been Pog against Jonas. So in that yep. case, Jonas could have taken four seconds. But Matthew's yep. is sprinting. He's not going to go for the stage. Is he there to, to protect seconds for Yates? I honestly don't know, because if we look at like the, the points classification so far, I'm like, why would someone be going for this just before the actual sprint at the end of the stage? That doesn't make sense. Then we see his GC factor. Can he take bonus seconds away for Yates? Perhaps he can do that. That's a possibility. That's a valid, valid reasoning. But let's be honest about it. I think the team time troll will have trouble for Yates as well. I don't think these seconds will matter for Yates versus, versus Pogacar and Vingega, personally. That's just my personal take here. That being well, said... Jacob beat UAE in the TTT. That's true. You're not wrong there. But there's also the factor that... Like, Matthews and Poggy are friends. Let, let's not hide this, this stuff. It, it's, pre, it's pretty obvious that those guys are friends. Isn't there a story that one of them has, like, a car in the other person's garage to make sure that they don't both have to pay it? I don't know. I try to avoid that sort of Instagram <laughs> stuff um, <laughs> as much as possible. So, well, but yeah, they're friends, as, I've, as everyone's seen on Instagram. Yeah. Pogacar ends up taking the six seconds. 
pretty easily. Matthews goes on his left side, has a bit of a body check with Van Hoydong, by the way, earlier. A body check that Van Hoydong shouldn't have done was a pretty dirty move, in my opinion. But Matthews goes on the left side of, the, of Bogachar, doesn't really, I don't know, he doesn't seem to go all out, whether that's because they're friends or because he wants to keep some more energy for the final sprint. I don't know. I don't care. It's Fingal's loss that, he, that he's not there, and that's why Bogacar wants to again take six seconds while Vingegaard takes zero. So that's 12 seconds in two days already. 12 seconds, not nothing. It's actually 12, which is, for all those counting <laughs> at home, six. a lot. And he's got the 7K, 7% finish with bonus seconds. He's got more intermediate sprints. He's got the stage eight finish with bonus seconds. He could be racking up. 30 plus bonus seconds across this week of racing. Yeah. Gacha before all is said and done, which would even things up with Yumbo and the TTT, and everything could be decided on stage eight in the mountain top finish. But anyway, before we get into the actual messy finish that this was, a word from our show partner, Zwift. There's another fun week ahead on Zwift. The Tour of Watopia kicks off this week with double XP to help you level up faster on Zwift, but also. Leaderboards are in the Zwift companion app, so you can see basically your, all your historical times on every segment in Zwift right in the companion app. And yeah, this is the best way to track it and a pretty cool, interesting new feature if you're someone that likes to see how you're progressing over time. I know I like that sort of thing. So if you are on Zwift, which I know many of you are, go and check that out. Maybe go and do Tour of Utopia, get double XP, and then check out where your segments or where you rank on the segments. But thanks to Zwift, as always, for supporting the show. Into the sprint, nervousness starts to accelerate a bit. UAE kind of go to the back, and we don't see Pog again. And it's EF on the front, Benji. Four yep. on the front a bit, but then Ineos wave over the top. Why? Is that for the three-kilometer banner? I don't know. I think... Do they have, like, any be. sprint? Must be, because they don't, like, have a sprinter here, eh? Viviani's no. not hiding anywhere, eh? And even if he was, then probably wouldn't be in that position these days. That being said, I think it's for the three-kilometer rule, but UAE so. seems to take a different plan in that scenario. Yumbo was also not at the front, and we would see that later on while a crash happened a bit towards the back of the peloton that some Yumbo riders were involved in that. But we, it was a stressful run, and let's, let's just say that, because lots of teams were trying to get to the front. EF was one of those, like you mentioned. Bora was also trying to keep themselves at the front with four riders for a second there, and then when we saw a heli back. shot from that, when we saw a heli shot from that, I do want to talk about that. How not obvious is that green jersey? on Sam Bennett, because if you don't know, the green jersey of Paris-Nice, Tour de France and Dauphiné, has changed to like uh, the colors of the Skoda brand, which is like very dark green with like small accent of, of, of like lime green. green. Forest green, thank you very much for your color intelligence, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I hate this change, I won't lie, not just, uh, separately, it's a good looking jersey, but in the peloton, you're not gonna see it. And especially when it's on a Bora shoulder. It's literally the same color as the Bora shirt. I can't, uh, I can't handle it, I the change. The one, the bright green one stood out really well because no one had yep. a bright green jersey. Yep. Unless Bardiani are in the Tour de France <laughs> or Dauphiné or Paranese, which, I mean, maybe in a, a fair while, but at the moment <laughs> they won't be. 
it is curious changing like a historical jersey because to match with a brand's colors i guess that's cycling um yeah lots of sports do that sort of thing like i'm trying to think yeah i guess whatever works if scotter want it but yeah it's it looks exactly like the bora jersey um and bennett's wearing it on behalf of merlia who by the way in these last 5k's there are no real trains. All I'm seeing yep. is pairs. I'm seeing yep. Guarnieri with Delee, Van Poppel with Bennett, uh, Kirsch, I think, with Pedersen, Afini with Coy, and Seneschal trying to move Merlier up. But there's no, like, quick step yesterday, Cavagna, Schmidt, Lampart, Seneschal, Merlier. There's no train really controlling. It's waves moving up. EF move Magnus Court up. And Quickstep look all out of place, Benji. Seneschal did try to move. This is one of those Merlier sprints, Benji, where he kind of just, he's never in it. From 5Ks out almost, yep. compared to yesterday where he was fifth wheel with 3Ks to go, from 5Ks out, he's just not in this fight. He's back like halfway down the bunch. Just very chaotic. And then we have like a vital point with one kilometer to go, where it is a roundabout that you need to be in the right position. And a lot of people want to try and move up towards that roundabout. And then we see a crash at 1.1k to go. There's no like sprinty riders in there that we're going to fight for the stage. As far as I know, there were two Yumbo riders standing there and launching slowly because it's the last three kilometers. I don't know if that was Jonas or not, Vingegaard. I'm pretty sure no they clue. rode up to it, to the crash. Yeah. And then stopped. And pretended. And then went around. <laughs> I reckon if I had to watch it back, they weren't yeah. like actually involved in the crash. They were just making sure. Oh, typical. Anyway, we, we go into that final kilometer with that roundabout, and that roundabout is really, really bloody important, because if you go through that in the first five-ish riders, you can compete for the stage. If you're not in the first five, it's going to be a bit harder to compete for the stage. And Yumbo plays that perfectly, where they've got a Feeney going first into that, but Goy's not on the wheel there, so that's the meh part about that, but he's still in a competitive position, in fifth position, so the, the lineup going through that roundabout is basically... Afini has the Jumbo Visma lead out, the Trek lead out afterwards, then Peterson in third, and then a Lotto rider, which is, I'm guessing, Guarnieri in fourth, with Core in the wheel of Guarnieri. And going through that roundabout, Guarnieri looks back and he sees, okay, the Lee is, is still back in Kruna Brussel Kuni. He's so far back that he's still riding there. So I don't need to be in this train. So he just goes to the side. Core has to close Peterson there. So spends a bit of energy there, but it seemed to be relatively in the draft. And then they've got those four lining up the final straight, huh? I know, and I'm thinking, damn, Coy, he's got a nose for putting himself in good position. And can he finish this off? We don't have the burners here of Merlier Merli and Delia gone. I don't, and Bennett, they're gone. So this is looking perfect for Pedersen. But is he going to be... We see Van Poppel launching on the left-hand side, but we're seeing the front-on shot, so I can't really see. I'm like, ooh, is Pedersen waiting too long? Is Bennett or someone else in Van Poppel's wheel? Van Poppel, by the way, completely, like, insane lead-out for Bennett Wilson on his wheel, but, that, like, imagine if he was. Van Poppel's just <laughs> incredible. Uh, yeah. And Pedersen plays it cool, jumps. I think Koi, two days in a row, has jumped a little bit early. Maybe, yeah. and he could have sat in Pedersen's wheel a little bit longer, but then again, yeah, I don't know. Pedersen jumps, Coy jumps to the left of him, and they're going side by side, and Pedersen wins the sprint pretty easily. Like, 
I didn't need to see the photo finish. Looked like Pedersen. He wasn't sure until he heard um, a front shot. Just call every time and then go with that. It's better than whatever so fucking cameras better. they're setting up. You're so much better at guessing who won based on the front line shot. I have to literally see the photo finish, even if it's like <laughs> half a meter difference. Right, I'm, a, I'm a horse racing degenerate. I can call it Bob. I'm like 99% accuracy on Bob finishes in horse racing. So I'll be like, bang, I'll know. Um, Genius. <laughs> so, you know, cycling. Actually, cycling is almost harder than Bob's in horse racing. That's another discussion. Um, Pedersen wins. He looked impressive yesterday, albeit in the draft of Merlier and Bennett and Co. Coy second again in a photo finish. Caught third. This now it gets a bit strange. Yeah. Caught third. McClay fourth for Arkea. I would have liked to have seen someone, maybe a bigger team, pick him up last year. Tamino fifth for Alberson de Koenig, who have been ro- rode for Groves yesterday. Matthew sixth, who contested the IS about. 12 minutes before this, 13 minutes before this, Vandenberg for EF 7th, so 2 EF in the top 7, Bolt 8th, I want to talk about that in a second, Benji, Renard 9th, DeMar 10th, and then Merlier 14th, Bennett 20th, and Delay 27th. So, Pedersen wins another Paranese stage, Benji, or is he, he's won one of these before, right? No, I'm pretty sure he, uh, he swept the floor with Vanard on the uphill finish yeah, last, last year. year. Uh, but I would say that when it comes to the sprint, I feel like they had the first two sprinters, Pearson versus Koy, and the others were kind of sprinting yeah. in the draft and therefore yeah. didn't have to make a significant difference top speed-wise to beat each other and relatively stayed in the positions that they were going into the final stretch. Does that make any sense? That's how it feels in my head, at least, because no, the Mar was too far back. Try to move up to like 10th position and so forth. I agree. No one else was winning this but Peterson or Koi. And where are the others? Merlier supposedly had like an issue with his gearing, but let's be honest oh, about no. it. He was, Come on, Tim. He was 10 Come years on. back anyway. Is he using the uh, excuse? Don't be Fabio texting you instructions <laughs> on what to say after the stage. Come on. You're better than uh, that. But yeah, Dali was also in a terrible position going in. So the positioning really made a major difference yeah. in this sprint i would say now many things we can learn from this not really i think it's not Ahmed Peterson is suddenly the the top sprinter in the world he's the same level in in sprints that i saw him in the tour de france last year i would say just a damn solid sprinter yeah damn but solid Corey, better on uphill i think koi should be winning this right if he's yeah, 100%. who 100 if he's who people think he is and needs to be, I know he's young. If he's going to be that top echelon of sprinters coming from the wheel of Pedersen who's launching before, he needs to be winning this. Um, and the thing Literally. is, it's, it's harsh criticism because for a young sprinter, he's put himself in the best position to win the first two stages. He was on Bennett's yep. wheel yesterday and he was on Pedersen's wheel today. He's the only sprinter. Now, Pedersen was in a pretty good position yesterday, but he's been in the best position two days in a row. He just hasn't had that top end to finish it off. Um, or maybe it's position or whatever. I don't know. And he can improve and- it. Listen, Philipson got beaten by Cavendish 17 times in 2021 yep. and probably is a bit older than Coy is now. And then he, the next year seemed to be a little bit quicker and that was the difference. And his positioning was already very good. So I'm not saying Coy's a bad sprinter. In fact, positioning is almost the, the gift and if you can just get a bit more aero get a bit more power get a bit more fatigue resistance 
you go from seconds, thirds to winning a shitload of races. Um, but right now he doesn't seem to have that that burner afterburners when you know when Merlier comes out of the draft from a good position and kicks, you know about it. Yeah. And he'll win by bike length. Um Is it weird yeah. to say that positioning wise he went forward, but when he comes to to up speed, it feels to me that he went a bit backward compared to last year. Or is that situational? You're right, like UAE Tour, he came from 10th wheel and looked super fast and nearly beat Kevin Phillipson in one of those sprints when he came third or something. I don't know. I don't know what his best. Is he better at like, is his five second really good or his 20 second? Um, but listen, he's come second in Paranese stage two days in a row. Um, but in terms of GC, Pedersen goes into the yellow jersey two seconds out of Pagatcha because Pedersen took four bonus seconds coming third yesterday. Merlier goes down to third, and then there's a whole host of Peloton on about 14 yeah. seconds to Pedersen. So Pagacha will do the TTT, I presume, in the white Young Riders jersey tomorrow. Pedersen will be yes. in yellow. Merlier will be not in green. Coy will be in the green jersey because Pedersen will be in yellow. So KOM to Gregard. Why is Bowl wow. here? Wait, was there a hill? Oh, there was a hill. Yeah, that's why I was in the break. I can barely see it. <laughs> it looks as two, flat as a pancake, the two hills. Two calf threes. <laughs> Gregard taking a, a very prestigious KOM jersey here, but yeah. when it comes to tomorrow's stage, it's actually not a, a straightforward team time trial. It's 32 kilometers, completely flat in my opinion, at least when I look at the profile. 32 kilometer time trial, completely flat, but a difference in rules, right? Because... In the past, the fourth rider that crosses the line is the time that the first four riders would get at the end of a team time trial. But there's a rule change towards Justice Paranese, where it's now the time of the first rider that already counts for the first rider crossing the line. So, for example, if Jumbo Visma does a team time trial, if Vingegaard finishes, his time that he finishes at is his time, which is completely different from the past. You think this is going to have a major effect on how the team time trial is written? Not for the majority of it. I don't think you'll see teams doing anything different except in the last maybe three Ks. And they might yeah. start setting up a sprint lead out to launch a Simon Yates, a Danny Martinez, a, a Jonas Vingegaard. You'll have the big guys like Tarling, like Dennis, like Hepburn, like Matthews doing a death pull for the, the GC guy because... And they also set the time for the, the team to win the stage. So the first rider sets the team's time for the stage win as yep. well. Um, there's still, you can OTL the TT, so you can't, <laughs> if you make a guy death pool and then he finishes 30%, out, he'll finish out slower, he'll be outside the time limit. I don't know if that's yep. the winning time or the team's time. Um, but it's a powerhouse TT. Two corners. Two corners in 32Ks, which, so... <laughs> It's a Jesus. I'm man. This puberty <laughs> need, really needs to needs to go. Um, two corners in 32 k's. Man, powerhouse TT. I think UAE would dog shit in the TTT and UAE to a Benji, but they got a much better team for it here. They got yeah. all the good guys for it, pretty much. And Pogacar does make a difference. Him being yeah. in the team alone makes a difference with the people that are around him. But on paper, Jumbo Visma should take time on, on the team of UAE. My guess yesterday was 45 seconds. I wasn't sure about it. I'm going to wing it and keep myself at 45 seconds. It could be more. 
because it's 32 kilometers. I don't know. They're not terrible, though, the team that UAE has here, but I still feel like 45 to a minute is what I'm aiming at with my thoughts. Rui Oliveira, Novak, Trenton, Wellens, Groshart, and it really impressed me today. Yeah. And the last two days, I think it's going to be less. I think, yeah, I think UAE are going to do a pretty good TTT. And Athene's been having to do a lot of work, doing yep. leadouts, doing control. Tratnik, how will he go in a TTT? Should Koi be good, eh? Should be good. I mean, yeah, Tratnik should be Koi solid. Would not. Well, sprinters are decent in TTTs. For Dennis bit. is obviously very good. <laughs> Boss should be good. I don't know. I'll be very interested to see. Dark horses for the TTT are Bike Exchange, Jacob Alula, sorry. Hepburn was... Oh, he's not here. Um, That's another race. Their <laughs> setup is very, very good. They have Sobrero, who's won the national championships in Italy in TT. They've got Kale, Matthew should be good, Harper Strong, Durbridge, Yates. A really, really good TTT team. Ineos. Yeah. Ineos is very solid with Tarling and Swifts and yeah. Sivakov. They should be good. Yeah. They were good in UA too. Bissiger, Paulus, Cork, pretty team, good when it, it comes to TTs. Scully is relatively okay TT wise. Marian Vandenberg is kind of sprinty type, so the first two Ks he might be helpful. Piccolo's pretty is a pretty good rider. Owen Duel, I would say on the flat he should be able to help quite a bit. I, I think this team time trial should be good for Yav, but Overall, on paper, Yumbo should win this, huh? They really should, yeah. They should be winning this TT. They've got world champion multiple times, Dennis, current TT world champion. They've got the best ruler in the world, Van Hoydonk. They've got Athene, who's a solid time trialist. They really, yeah, they should be winning the TTT. And if they don't, it's almost like something's worse than last year because they've been winning yeah. every TTT for the last three, four years in, in Brussels in 2019. So they really, the pressure is on. They need, and not just win, they need to be putting a margin in to the other yeah. competitors. Uh, and that really sets the platform for the rest of the race. But why is uh, Case Bowl here, Benji, and Mark Cavendish isn't? Mark Cavendish is apparently going to Tirreno, so maybe he wanted warmer weather, which failed because it was raining like crazy there. So what is the reasoning behind it? I don't know, maybe they're splitting up the ideas where it didn't really work out with Bull and Cavendish and they're now trying to see if they can just sprint with both at both races and have him be piloted by someone to a position. But then again, Bull was the pilot okay for Cavendish. Here. He's good in cold. Yeah. I don't I know, man. I think it's a bad idea. I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I, I w UAE Tour wasn't great. <laughs> the uh, the leadouts. <laughs> I wouldn't have given up on the pairing I would have given up. I would have changed a different strategy, but I wouldn't yeah. have given up on the pairing completely. Uh, but they, maybe they're trying Syriza and Tirreno, who are favourite. Um, you know, wait, is Cavendish not in Tirreno as well? Where's Cavendish? Tirreno, right? You're right. So maybe they're trying Syriza. You're right. Okay, yeah. now I get it. I was confused. My bad. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> fair enough. If that's the plan, then good on them. That's not a bad idea. So that was Paranese stage two. Honestly. Uh, not the most exciting stage I've ever watched, actually. Yeah. And made worse. Than the, the, these are the worst. I'll, I'll finish on this. These are the worst stages. Because UAE Tour, people talk about UAE Tour like, yeah, it's just so boring. It's just desert. It's just hockey stick stage. Okay. You look at the profile. First of all, if they say there's going to be crosswinds, 
on that Almir for Castle stage, there's going to be crosswinds, okay? <laughs> there's going to be a group of 10 riders finishing. We get echelons for 150Ks, okay? You're going to have to watch the Dubai bootleg stream to even see it because they're going to do it out of neutral. Second of all, on the Abu Dhabi stages, on the place where Benji has his apartments in the Palm Jumeirah, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you only have to tune in with 5Ks to go. You're not wasting your day, yeah. okay? It's minus eight degrees out here until 2 p.m. It's the only time I can go outside, right? Other times I'm swifting. And the UAE tour stages, you can tune in. But no, apparently it's like, oh, it might be crosswinds, a little bit nervous, you know, there's, and then nothing, nothing. Waste my time. That's why you listen to this recap. So yeah, I don't want to hear anything against UAE tour. Paranese, bring back the bad weather. Anyway, that's, that's all from Paranese stage two. Torreno Adriatico now. We'll move on to that race where we did have bad weather, but it was an individual time trial. This will be a little bit shorter. You know how we do TTs. We have Wout Van Aert here and Roglic, and the last minute decided to turn up to this race. Uh, we have UAE with a strong start list of McNulty, Almeida, Uineos with Aronsman, Gana, Kwiatkowski, Pidcock, Fresh off Strade, maybe a bit hungover, Sheffield, Pino, Army Rail. Who else is here for GC? Adam you mentioned Keldermon? Keldergoat, Hindley, Euro winner, <laughs> Enrique Mas. Big chance for Enrique Mas to win this race, actually. Yeah. Roglic said he's not going for GC. Fair mm -hmm. enough. I don't you believe, believe him. him. <laughs> I don't believe him. We know, do not believe the younger press releases. <laughs> yeah. But wow, Benji, uh, for mm -hmm. this TT. So by the way, sorry, 11K TT. It's the Lido Camiora one, pancake flat, one corner just about out and back and torrential weather more rain forecast for the earlier part of the tt and wout van Aert chose to go in the earliest slot benji and then before the stage arthur van dongen said he's not even going to try is that why is he not like strati's like i can't win it so i'm not going and world champs he skipped the tt because he's like i don't want to do both and maybe lose the road race remco won anyway and now he's not trying for this tt I think there's multiple reasons that you could point that when it comes to Wout not trying here. As in, first of all, he's skipping Strade because he's not feeling like he's win ready yet. Maybe he wants to gradually start his season in Tirreno and not go for the win on stage one, which is a rainy time trial, which you can break your legs a month before Paris-Roubaix, so he probably wants to skip that. I, I think there's a few valid reasons that could be leading to the factor that he's not going all out in his time trial. Could he have won if he did go all out? Not at that spotting spot because... No. The weather at that point was much worse than at the end of the time trial. I was it predicted that the end of the time trial would be much better weather or no clue? Yeah, I think uh, last night I saw people saying yeah. Ghana's in the best. From what yeah. we know right now, Ghana's in the better slot. Well, then you already know beforehand. If you see Arthur van Dong and the Diaz of Yambo say, "But I was not going for it. He's starting early." That from that starting early, we can get the conclusion of, "Okay, he's actually going to." Now we're listening to the DS because <laughs> we're like, he's probably <laughs> telling the truth if you put him in the worst position to try and get a good time here. But he indeed was not really going for it. He had a, he had the second time on the road when it was happening, but that was five seconds behind Nico Denz, which is not the, the best star set at time trialist on the road either. So that didn't mean too much either. But like you said, we do this in a certain way, time trials. So I'll throw it back to you for that. Well, exactly. I just did a quick whip through PCS. No one in the first 90 riders that went, mm -hmm. came in the top 20. So 
<laughs> so was Sheffield that led? Sheffield was just after. So Sheffield okay. went, I don't know, 96th. He ended up coming. You've thrown me now after. Um, I started calling him Michelin Man. I'm flirting with that because he's Chef, <laughs> Le Chef, Sheffield. I'm working on it. Anyway, Ghana does Close the business. Enough. It's why he's here. It's why he's not at Paranese, where he could help with yep. the TTT. 1228, blistering, two kilometers per hour, quicker than the next best, which was our boy, friend of yep. the podcast, GC Leonard Kemner is back, German TT champion, second. 1256, only three riders went sub 13. The third was Sheffield on 1259, but that's a 28-second gap from Ghana to Kemner. The Giro is coming, and he's going to be a GC rider. I'm seeing it coming. He's going to set good times at the time trials in the Giro, Kemna, and he's going to do really well. But we need to keep in mind that maybe he also gets that time because the weather really changed for the last 30 riders here. So might he get a top three if that doesn't happen? Perhaps not. We don't know. But it's still a solid time eh, by Kemna. And like Sheffield, who ends up third, only three seconds behind Kemna, also a really good time. We've seen him had a good time trial at, was it Bologna last year where he had a good time trial or where did he show up with a good time trial, Sheffield? I have no memory of this man. Uh, <laughs> TDU. Did he not do a good TT at TDU, the road bike one? Like uh, the yes. <laughs> Second, I guess. Denmark, he, had a, he won the time trial. Second in the Tour de Bologna one last year. Some good time trials TT's there. TT's been so he's looking weird good. this year, haven't they? Yeah. Like rainy weather changing during the TTs. I don't I'd like it. it. I don't, I don't like, like it, it either. Because it, yeah. I always hate time trials where the, well, actually, I don't know. If the time trial is in the middle of a Grand Tour where the riders have to start at a predetermined starting spot, then I hate that the weather changes throughout. If it's at the, the first stage of a Grand Tour, then I don't mind if the it. weather is according to the prediction, then it's kind of the teams to blame. At what point that they send the riders out? Exactly. Um, so, like last year, Jumbo had to choose between Roglic and Vingegaard for the preferred TT yeah. spot, spot in the opening Danish TT. Anyway, yeah. Hepburn fourth, which Hepburn loves, I think, a Tirreno top 10 TT result. He came fourth on 1301, <laughs> McNulty 1302, uh, then a gap to Aronsman on 1307, Almeida seventh, decent TT Good. for him, 1309, yeah. Lechnerson eighth, then Casper Pedersen ninth, Lutschenko tenth, Kelderman on 1316. Are we counting? For the time being, yes. I'm counting Leonard as a GC guy, but yeah. yeah, I think so. But there is a bundling of GC. So Aaronsman and Almeida, Aaronsman and Almeida McNulty really above the rest of the GC guys, which start with Kelderman about 10 to 15 seconds after them. And then Kelderman, Roglic, Vlasov, yeah. Henley, O'Connor, Gagan, Hart are all within about five seconds of each other. Roglic, TT, frankly, not very good. Um, I don't think, but maybe yeah, you want to risk it. I don't know. Maybe it's not risking it with the combination that he's just starting the season earlier than expected because he was supposed to start at Catalonia yeah. season. So he's starting early on paper. I don't know if it has like a major factor there, but I'd say that I'd say that Roglic will probably improve his results over the next couple of uh, weeks, I would say. But when it comes to UAE, I do want to mention McNulty and Almeida up there. It has started, eh? 
Tirreno Adriatico 2023 is Catalonia 2022. They are here with potentially five leaders in their start list. The Hunger Games have begun and they're already fighting against each other for the leadership post. Honestly, this is going to be a very fun Tirreno if, if they play it like they played Catalonia last year. Yes. Adam Yates, Formolo, Almeida, McNulty. Those are four riders that 100% will go for themselves here, I would say. Milano's going to go for the sprints. Colby, on paper with Benetri Domestique, right? So, four GC leaders? Adam um, Ricardo. Ricardo. He finished day. terribly, yeah. He's like over a minute after Leonard. I don't know when he went. Pidcock was bad too. He didn't go at a great time bad weather but still his tt based on algarve and here is not it's not where i expected it yeah. to be but he just wants strata but and the tour barely has any time trial kilometers so it's not that important for his goals this year but he finished you know significantly after lander noting that lander had much better weather conditions carthy wasn't great he did have good weather conditions hinley was pretty good by his standards for the weather and his conditions. tt and the jira was good last year too he yeah the weather played a big big impact on this TT. I swear, a portion of Hindley's time trial was during the hell portion of this time trial. <laughs> yeah. It was hailing on these riders. Is that a verb? Hailing? Yeah. It is now. That's a hill in Dutch. It's a hill in Dutch. <laughs> hailing is not the same as hailing. Get out of here. <laughs> Did you know that? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, otherwise, I mean, yeah. This is like what Ganna gets paid to do, I guess. Yeah. What do we think? I mean, Aaronsman looks good. Technology. I don't think you can conclude much from this, except for the riders that really did badly. I think we at least know GC Almeida is on, I think. Like yeah. if Almeida does a good TT, because when, when McNulty does a good TT, to me that doesn't really mean he's going to Crush GC. When Almeida does good TT, yeah. he's locked in. He's taking GC seriously from my perspective. Um, and tomorrow you've got to be switched on. It's from Camore to Folonica on the west coast of Italy. It looks like, to me, a breakaway stage. It starts with a 2.6 kilometer, 5% climb out of neutral. Maybe, actually, it's longer than that. It's 4K climb. Then there's like... <laughs> 13k 3% climb 4k 4% climb in the middle of the stage i mean this this could still quite easily be a sprint if a team yeah. wants to control it these climbs it's really not, aren't that hard yeah like when we talk about like the climb that's in the middle of the stage which is the castellina maritima it's like 12.3 kilometers at 2.9% agreed big ring climb next one 4.1k at 4% pro should be able to do that relatively easily those those ones that come later in the race are like two little bumps in the road, 1.3k at 6%. That's on paper doable, eh? 6%. So I would say this could just as well be a bit of a versatile sprint, but who are the versatile sprinters that are here? Vanderpool, Philipson. I think Philipson can win this stage. Yeah. Van Aert. And then... Van Aert's here, yeah. Forgot about him. We Always. have the pure sprinters in... And we have Milano. Milano, I think, should be able to get over this. We have Aaron Baru, the guru. If it is very difficult, I don't think it's hard enough for your man. Um, nah. 
Jakobsen. Mayus is here. Jordy Mayus. Bauhaus is here. Bauhaus has won in Toronto before, but he'll probably win the last stage. He's got Pascal on. I think they'll go for him. Uh, Binium's here. So, of course, Binium will be more than capable of contesting this finish. I think there's too many versatile sprinters here for the break to win. I yep. think if I was... There's Buani here and Groenewegen as the more pure sprinters, as well as Fabio Jakobsen. I would suggest that the teams should use that last climb to absolutely light it up because Groenewegen and Jakobsen can't climb. So if I'm Jumbo Visma, I'm doing a full lead out with Benote on that climb and hoping Intermarche help me for Binny. I think Philipsen wins, but I would not be surprised if Mays is on the podium. And I'm not saying this because they're Belgian. I, they're, they're Belgian, not, not the entire country. But... Philipson hasn't looked that amazing so far, but I, I kind of have blame terrible. the fact that he, yeah, but Philipson crashed in Kuruni. He had a puncture on the mute in Omlop. Not that he probably would have competed there, but we haven't really seen an ability of a, a moment where he can actually show his strength. So I feel like this might be the day that he does it. And Mayus has looked good all season. So that's why I'm pointing at those two names, really. Otherwise, I'd have to look at the running. There could all, always yeah. be a Ganner or Sheffield or Kwiatkowski if there's a corner or a hairpin or something, counterattack. We don't have big sprint trains here. Although I would say, like, like look at Intermarche, Benji. Bistrom, Bonifacio, Rota, Turnison, Zimmerman, Fliegen, Binium. They, have, they should be all present and correct at the finish of this stage, being able to do a good lead out for Binny. Like, that's a good team. And... But yeah, like Jumbo Jan, have got Volt, like Volta and Volta, Bowman and Benoit, Benji should be full sending this climb. Yeah, if if Von Art feels like he's going to go for it tomorrow, then they should be full sending that True, climb. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, we don't point. know that. But when it comes to um, when it comes to Anton I felt like the the Binyam Turnison duo didn't really work out yet so far. So we'll see if that works better now. If Bonifazio was last man, I don't know. Also a possibility, but perhaps third last man there. Anyway. We're going to see them sprint tomorrow, is my guess. I don't believe in a break. We're on the second day of Tirreno Adriatico. So, uh, does Fabio make my it? My winner is Philipson. Fabio make it? If he does, he's not going to sprint for the victory. I agree. Grona Vegan, I'm not sure. Borderline. Depends which teams take it up. But yeah, that was Tirreno yep. Adriatico. We haven't mentioned Cavendish. Hopefully he wins. Um, well, <laughs> I don't actually really care. Um, anyone can win. Hopefully it's an interesting stage for us to recap tomorrow. Thanks for listening. As always, thanks to Zwift. We'll see the recaps of both races tomorrow. Ciao.